Why, hello there, cats and kittens, and welcome to episode 11.5 of Smart Enough to Know Better. Here are all the offcuts from episode 11, including Greg being right about the pioneer discrepancy, and Greg and Dan being very, very wrong when it came to everything else in our walk of shame. Also tagged on the end is a new song written by me that started out as a barbershop quartet song. You should have asked me first, that would be polite. Moved to become a rock song and then a folk song. Or maybe I should have sent you an invite. Before finally landing on Electronica. So, enjoy. And if you've got any feedback, feel free to email dan at smartenough.org or greg at smartenough.org or jump into our forums where all the great fights happen. I have something rather interesting to talk about. Yes? Do you remember in an earlier podcast we discussed the Pioneer Anomaly? Yes. Do you remember what that was? It was slowing down. So the Pioneer uh, was, is a spaceship. Yes, it's the a, Pioneer is a spaceship. Mm. It wasn't just a guy in a raccoon skin hat. No. It was, an, it was the <laughs> Pioneer, not a Pioneer. <laughs> and it's, it's flicking out to the edge of the galaxy. It's mm. using gravity whips and stuff to... Well, it's, it's now just floating through space. Yeah, it's just floating yeah. through space now. Mm. But it sort of got up, up to speed using mm. gravitational pulls or flicked itself off into space. Yes. But they did mathematical measurements to try to figure out where it should be. Mm. And then they measured where it actually was. And it was thousand kilometers away yes. from where it was well, supposed it's, it's to be there slowing, was another force it's slowing it down it. something slowing it down so as it's racing out of the solar system it should be further than it is but there seems to be a, a constant force slowing it down yeah and everyone was a little bit well we don't understand this how is this possible and there was talk about could it be thrust from the device itself as in is it is it outgassing or something like that oh ah, yeah no that's like no that's not it they worked that somehow they said no it's not outgassing is there something nearby it that could be slowing it down that we haven't taken into account like, no. space gnats yeah that's just right hitting the windscreen that's it. <laughs> like, that's not it. much but every single one it adds up accelerates it by a little right. tiny bit and they said no that it's not that and then some people started to say well maybe it's another force and that's when I got kind of incensed because I don't like it. It's one of the things people go, we don't understand something. We'll invoke a whole new force in the universe. Yeah. And you, even though it would be a very subtle force, yeah. we would probably have noticed it somewhere else. Forces yeah. don't just work on the Pioneer spacecraft. And, yes. and they started checking other spacecraft that are out there, the Voyagers and that sort of stuff, to see yes. if they were slowing down. And that's, there was no consistent answer. It was all maybes and noes and yeses. And it was all oh, confusing. So if they found all the spaceships are slowing down, I would say, well, goodness me, that's very strange that, that that's happening. Yeah. That's, that could something be universal. So I, I think someone said that maybe gravity becomes stronger at extreme distances or something. It's like, that would be very strange. Yep. Uh, you think you would notice that galaxies are a long way away, which are extremely distant. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't answer the question. I'm not an astrophysicist. But I've always kept my eyes open for an answer. And someone's come up with an answer, which I think is really clever. Yeah. It's not proven. They're going to do tests, but this is the, uh, the thought process. This is the hypothesis. This is the hypothesis, and it, mathematically it works. So it's not as if they said, oh, well, we plugged the numbers in and it still doesn't come out. It, this seems to fit quite nicely. Yep. Now, what they came up originally, the first idea was maybe it's the heat from the craft itself. Because space is oh, really, yes. really cold, like negative 200 yeah. and 70 degrees. Sorry. Uh, it's absolute zero. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's about three degrees, about three, three degrees really? Kelvin. Well, no, space is not absolute. No, that means to be the, the heat death of the universe kind of stuff. The, the, the universe has a, has a temperature. Yeah. It's, it's, a, the, it's oh. the cosmic microwave background. It's the, the energy that the universe is putting out. It's very, wouldn't, very cold. Wouldn't the empty bits of the universe be colder than 
the final heat death of the universe. There are there are cold areas of the universe, and there are, but it's not no, it's not absolute zero. Huh. Absolute zero means nothing is happening. Once that's absolute zero, that's it. You, you're done. You're finished, and it's over. The, 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 but what if there are no particles at all in that bit of space? Is that possible? But it's still you still have photons of light zipping around, and they have oh, energy, yeah. and and you yeah, it's still oh, it's man. it's about three degrees Kelvin. It's the cosmic microwave background. That's 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 everywhere in the universe all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's three degrees Kelvin. I keep saying that. I'm, I'm confident that's about right. Okay, go so on. Very, very cold. Very cold. So that, just so you know, three degrees Kelvin is about negative 270 degrees Celsius. So that's cold. That's some ice block making. Now, that means that if you have a craft that is only 10 degrees Kelvin, yes. it's still seven degrees warmer than the universe around it. Therefore, it's yes. radiating heat. Heat always goes from the hottest thing to the coldest thing. Like, that's heat always flows in that way. There's no such thing as that's a cold area. Conduction. Well, and, or, or radiation. Or, radiation. We talk, yes, or, or convection. Basically what you said, mm. and not what I said. It's radiation, yes. We, can't, we don't need convection because you need a material around it to con- yeah. convect. It's radiation. So it's radiating heat out. When they plugged the radiation numbers in, it wasn't enough. They said, well, yes, I added a, maybe a bit of thrust. Maybe the heat could be bouncing off. In, but it should be radiating in a, in a circle. But it's not a, and it's, it's not a sphere. It's, it's not a, a sphere. So, and they did the, they, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Let's look where the engines are. And, all the, and they said, well, uh, it was about a half to two-thirds. But that's still wrong. Yeah. It's, it's still a horse's horseshoes and hand grenades, you know? It, yes. it, if you can't answer it, then you might as well just go on. We, we didn't get it right. Yes. Now, someone else came and said, well, you haven't taken into account the reflection of the heat off itself. And so they sat down with the, the model of the probe itself, oh. and they looked at the back end where the heat was coming from. Well, this heat came from the whole thing. but The main, energy that would have yeah, to be slowing it down. Also, yeah, well, there's the heat coming off the device. Yeah. It's, it's got a little probe. Well, it had a little isotope in it that was happily sending out well, signals. Well, well, basically, it was decaying and creating electricity. Yeah. I don't think that's active anymore. I, I may, oh, maybe it must be because it's still sending out signals. Anyway, it's still hotter than the background universe. Yep by a little bit. What they think, what seems to work is the heat from the craft comes out of the craft and bounces off the big dish at the front of the craft and then bounces back, causing thrust. And this actually slows the whole system down. So when you take into account the setup, the design of the Pioneer craft, they're pretty confident, it's being checked now, that that will totally account for this slowing braking effect. The forward thrust, you want to see, comes from the shape of the dish and the heat uh, bouncing off the craft itself. Wow. So it's not a brand new force. It is, in fact, heat bouncing off a shape, yes. A 100-word review of the moon. The Earth's moon is probably the most famous of all moons. While not nearly as interesting to view as Callista or Ganymede, the Earth's moon has a charm all of its own. Many seasoned space tourists turn up their nose at the popularity of the moon, considering it as the Brittany of the skies. True, it is fully exposed at least once a month, but, also like Brittany, it's familiar and it brings a great amount of joy and light to many. Pros, easy to find, maintains hydrostatic equilibrium. Cons, no real name, little to no surface variety. Four stars. And now, a 100-word review of my previous review. Many writers, faced with a limitation of a 100-word review, would tend to feel restricted, but it's in this format that I really shine. My initial concept of reviewing an astral body gives a glimpse into the lateral nature of the writer's mind. While this alone would have elevated me above the average punter's entry, it is my wit and knowledge of pop culture that really allows me to flourish. I look forward to more reviews from this talented scribe. 
Pros, witty, urbane. Cons, somewhat arrogant and dismissive. Four stars. Welcome to the Walk of Shame, where we have our penance for all the mistakes that we've made in previous <laughs> podcasts. And I've made one! Have you? I did. I, I, I'm mere culpa, mere maxima culpa, Dan. I said about the moon and about gravity and that sort of stuff, and I made a comment that the moon was above us and that you would be able to detect the difference in your mass due to the gravity force of the moon pulling on you. Yes. Uh, yes, you are lighter. Well, yeah. you have, you, you are, the gravity is pulling off the Earth. It can be detected, I should say. Yes. But not by any device that you can buy or oh, any right. of that. So you can't stand on scales and go, I am half a gram lighter or whatever. Right. It's not... It's, it's that it, small. It's that small. But you've got to remember, this. This. this that's okay. I, I accept that. But this does tie into the idea that you were saying that the moon takes time, which is not true either, that takes time to pull. It's, when, it's not the fact that the moon's gravity force is strong, it's the fact that it affects a large area. So when you... Oh, so it's a tiny bit of effort on... On a large, really large area. Surface. Yes, it's not just pulling on my head, it's pulling on the entire hemisphere of the planet. Mm-hmm. So and that's a lot of force if you're over, over an area, if you think of it that way. Okay. It's, you've got to take into account the size of it. So it's pulling a large lump of water around because it's a tiny force over a large area. Okay, but not, that's still a big amount of... like Because it's moving a lot of ocean. It is. Up metres. Uh, yes. Every day. Yes. No, no, it's not moving up. No, it's not moving it up every day. The, no. the water is always. Remember, it's it's like saying it's not. Oh, it's the, not the, the water's going up and down. The, the wave, energy. The wave stays in the same position. Well, the, well, it's basically it's moving as it moves around. It's just dragging the the water with it. There's a bulge, but the bulge. The, yeah. It just makes the water as it comes. It's like a wave. If you think of the particles in the wave, the water particles, they're not actually moving left and right. They're just going up and down. Yeah. Just, or, or it may be in a circular motion sort of thing, mainly up and down. So the gravity just pulls it as, it as the moon moves around the planet. It lifts up more of the water as it goes around. But as I said, it lifts up the Earth as well. Yeah. But anyway, I accept the fact that I totally overestimated the ability to measure your, your weight loss under the moon. Oh, right. Well, I found another mistake that you made. Now, the walk of shame. In the last episode, we were talking about earthquakes. Mm. You said that the Richter scale only goes up to 10. No, did I? Did I? I said it might. You were pretty abdomen. Oh, okay. No, I was, oh, okay. I'll, I'll accept it. I'm going to check, but I, no, it's fine. Feel I'll, free to check it. I'll accept it. Cause I, I'm, because if you check it mm, and I'm wrong, then we have to talk about it again next <laughs> this, podcast. This, this never ends. Yeah, the Richter scale goes higher than 10. Mm. Uh, do you remember a place called the Yucatan Peninsula? Yes, I do. Yes. 65 million years ago, a great big comet strike or something, something struck yeah. that mm. at a huge amount, and that was a 12.5 on the there Richter scale. Mm. Do you know what an earthquake on Mars is called? An earthquake. A Marsquake. <laughs> do you know what an earthquake on Venus is called? A Venusquake. Yes. Do you know what an earthquake on Jupiter is called? A Jupiter quake. It, they don't have a word for it. Well, maybe because there's no solid surface. That's what I thought. Mm. And I thought that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But do you know what else there is? What's up? There's a star quake. Yes, there are star there quakes. There are quakes on the sun yes. that they have considered to be 25 on the Richter scale. That's insane. That is insane because mm. it's... 10 times 10 times 10 as you go up. Yes, yes. So it's... Uh, it's logarithmic is it's the word you're looking for. Logarithmic. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I couldn't remember that for the last podcast, but I went and looked it up. And of course it's logarithmic. Ah! Why can I not remember these things? Now, the one we have to point out is when they say, oh, the earthquake in Japan was nine. Now, that's moment of magnitude. That's the moment of magnitude scale. So that's yes. not the Richter scale. No. But above 3.5 and below 7, there's very little difference. In fact, there's almost no difference between the Richter scale and the moment of magnitude scale. Yep. It's once you get to the extremes of either end, uh-huh. it starts getting more and more out. To be accurate, you should say a, a nine magnitude 
earthquake, you shouldn't say a nine on the Richter scale earthquake. Yeah. But if someone says six point four on the Richter scale, they could mean there should be moment of magnitude. The chances, the difference between six point four Richter scale and moment of magnitude scale is you don't need to worry about it. You know what you're talking about. Yes. But the number is still okay in your head. Yeah. It's and anything a, higher than that, you're probably not too worried about the exact number. You're too busy trying to avoid buildings falling. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. I want to point one out, uh, uh, earthquake information. Dan, right now, we're in a second floor of a building. Yep. An earthquake hits. I'd say a big earthquake hits. Yep. Where, what do you do? Where do you go? Go, Dan, Where do, do it. Go? Dan, do it. Answer I, your question. I run under a desk or into a doorway. You're dead, Dan. Am I? You're dead. I'm dead? You're dead, Dan. Am I? Dead. Really? Okay, this is supposedly the absolutely wrong thing to do. When you do research into this, if you go under a table, if it collapses down oh, on you... Oh, pancakes? It, then you're, you're, you're finished. You're doomed. You're doomed, because you can't stop the room. And if you get under a doorway, a doorway is actually a weak point in the structure of the house. What you've done is a lot of weight will appear, something goes wrong in the ceiling, and suddenly the weakest point is the door, and it will just slam down on you and break your head, and you're, you're finished. All right. They are the most dangerous places to go. Right. The, the, the safest place is to get onto the street as fast as you can. Well... Get, get yes. out, get out, get out. That's the first thing you should Again, get out of the house, get out of, down the stairs, out the window, whatever you have to do, get out right. and get to the street. That's the best thing. The second one, that if you can't, let's say you're yeah. really high up or something, this is what's a bit weird. Yeah. And I can't work this out myself. You don't go under things, you go next to things. So find a bed or something and go next to the bed because what you're trying to create is uh, a cavity. Yes! Yes! You fell into the trap! No, no, well, this is what people get trained to, get to, to actually get trained to do. No, they don't, because this was going to be another article for today. Ooh. You're describing what's known as the triangle of life. Ooh. Now, there are people out there who will tell you that getting under a desk, as you said, mm. very dangerous, because when the ceiling pancakes, it crushes the desk and just goes boom and splats it does ever underneath. Yes. But if you go through an earthquake zone, you will find all of these triangles of life. Yes. Next to things like beds and big things, where the concrete comes down, hits that big mass and cracks and creates a little tiny wedge yes. of, of space that's what, yes, where that's right. you can be safe. Yes. Now, there is a, a, some people out there who advocate this, saying this is the best way to survive. Right. But all of the people who actually know what the hell they're talking about yes. say that this is very dangerous. Well, how would you... My, my problem, when, when I got told that, like I didn't just research this, when I got told this, my thought process was, how can you find these cavities? How will you know how the roof is going to collapse? Exactly. And you can't... I, I did think about that. It seemed odd to me that you would know that, that everything's going to collapse around you into these but, little triangles well, of life. Well, that's the thing. What, you, what The idea is that you lie down next to the bed, mm. and then when the ceiling crashes in, it hits the bed and creates a little wedge. Yes. But the thing that these people do is they go, oh, no, well, I've been to huge amounts of zones where earthquakes have been mm. and you always find these wedges next to these big items of furniture. Mm. Problem is that during an earthquake, the ground just doesn't go up and down. No, definitely There's a not. lot of lateral movement. There's a lot of, yes. So you, yes. if you try to lie next to the bed, it's going to jostle around and land on top of you. Ah. Like, or, or crush so what, so what do they or, say then? Or move. They, well, they say get out onto the street. Yes. They say the triangle of life is not a sensible way oh, to go. I the reason that people go onto desks mm. is for small earthquakes where there's debris coming down on yes, them yes. to it, stop them from getting that injured make, from that. That makes sense to me, yes. It's and, not to stop you from getting killed when four stories of concrete no, crash down you, on top You're of done anyway. It's, it's, it's the illusion of safety. I'll give you yeah. that. It's, it's like putting oxygen masks on a plane. If it's coming out of the sky. It doesn't make a difference whether you can get air. Whether you suffocate or a pancake into a mouth. That's right. Now, it makes a difference if you can go from 30,000 feet to 
10,000 feet and not pass out. That's why you get oxygen. Yeah, yeah. But crashing, forget it. Like, yeah. why do you have, and to quote Tyler Durden, you know, it's sort of the theory. calm. Yeah, it's like Hindu cows. No, I'll, I'll pay that. I can see yeah. that. It did seem so, weird to me. Get outside. So, yes, you, you get do, out. You do some research into the triangle of life, mm. and a lot of people in the business just go, no, this is a very bad idea. It doesn't work. It's there controversial, is what right. it is. Oh, good. I like controversy. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to go back to the people who trained this stuff and go, what the hell are you training people to do this for? Yeah. It seems a bit weird that these are trainers training people yeah. to do that. Like, anyway, yeah, thank well, you for putting well, me right. That's what science is all about. <laughs> now, a couple more. Oh, what else have I done? Not very big ones. There's no such word as octopuses. Octopi? That's right. Uh, uh, also, for my benefit, there's no such word as teached. <laughs> taught. taught. <laughs> the, English, oh. the English language is always evolving, so to hell with you. Okay. Oh, and the last one, pyroluria. Now, I was saying that there's nothing oh. to count in the body, oh, that they just made this up. Yes. There is something to count. They're called pyroles. They're a heterocyclic aromatic organic compound. You are? It is, it is a colourless volatile liquid that darkens readily upon exposure to air. Mm. Those actually do exist in the human body. Mm-hmm. They're higher in some people than others. Right. If they're higher in you, then a doctor will say, you've got pyroluria. But right. there is no link between having a high pyrrole count mm. and any medical or psychological issue. That's where the problem is. That's oh, where the okay. lack of knowledge right, is. Right, I see. So, so there is something called a pyrrole. It? It's a chemical or a compound. Gotcha. Fixed. Done. Sorted. So that's the walk of shame. Walk of shame. Walk of shame. We survive for another day. Science has progressed. Walk of shame. Is that any- All right. No, I'm going with it. I'm running with it. <laughs> Should have asked me first, that would be polite. Or maybe I should have sent you an invite. But that's not how you roll, cause you're a parasite. My beloved parasite. Your name was Teonia Ryan Kusaginata. I met you over Tenderloin on Fresh Jabata. And that's the last time that I eat meat in Jakarta. My jaw drops open and my eyes bulge when I see That when we're lying down you're just as long as me But that would never happen, you're kept internally Yeah, you're kept internally Your name was Teonia Ryan Kasaginata I met you over tenderloin on fresh ciabatta I should have eaten pork or lamb or fish that would be smarter Peonia Ryan Kusaginata Suppress my appetite and immune system as well I'll only eat my beef when I know it is done well I've got a secret that I'm never gonna tell I took naclosamide, now I'll see you in hell the doctor tested, and he said I'm tapeworm free. But there's an emptiness, and I'm feeling so lonely. I miss that feeling when you're deep inside of me. When you're deep inside of me. Your name was Teonia Ryan Kusaginata. I met you over tenderloin on fresh ciabatta. And now I turn you into some kind of wormata. Teonia Ryan Kiss. Pay a 
the masseuse and the optometrist. Yes. And the masseuse's friend. Masseuse's friend. Yeah. The masseuse's... Hello. I'm the masseuse's friend. Let me introduce friend. you to the masseuse's friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that for? Where, where are you going to be massaging? I don't know, that's right.